for the installation of our minister, Reverend Tony Lorenzen. We are delighted you are all here and with us and we for this very special celebration. Please rise in body or spirit and join us in singing the processional hymn, Sound the Chorus of Faith, which is in the insert in your order of service.
Open your hearts to the presence of the holy this day. Open your minds and your memories, your spirits and your hopes for the future, and feel your place in the tradition and heritage of this gathered community. With all who are present here today, all who worship in these walls, with the ancestors who came before and our descendants whom we do not yet know, may all be rooted here in justice and mercy, with trust in the living spirit. Be like a tree planted by the water, sending out its roots by the stream. Send your deep roots out to living water. Be sustained in times of rain and times of drought, bearing fruit in your season. Let us be gathered today to a celebration of the ministry of the church, honoring the sacred call extended and answered between congregation and minister, witnessed by the sacred. May the celebration of the fruitfulness of the gathered church, ordained in community and offered as a good gift to the living spirit, renew in us our commitments of faith to justice, mercy, and love. May the life in our hearts be renewed as we worship together. Please rise to renew the covenant of this church with the words in your order of service. Love is the spirit of our church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Please be seated. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are so grateful to be gathered here this day. Gathered here in this church, which has roots, deep roots, in this community of Hopedale. From Aidan Ballou, who tried to set up a utopian community here in the 1840s, where all would be welcome. Where progressive Christianity would be practiced. It was not easy then, Lord, and it certainly is not easy for this church this day. In a world with so many divisions and with so much change, to continue the message of love and justice, of mercy and peace. God, we ask your blessing this day on Tony, on this gathered community, on all of the people in this town which was originally designed to be hope in the dale, the dale of Menden. And we ask your blessing on all of the communities formed from Mother Menden, from Milford, Uxbridge, Upton, Menden, part of Bellingham, and of course Hopedale. God, we ask your blessing beyond those communities, for you are a God who has no limits from here to the farthest stars. So we ask your blessing, God, of justice and mercy, of grace, for all of the people gathered here, 
for all in the communities where we live and work and serve, for this state, for this nation, for this world which you so love. Thank you, God, for all your blessings, and may you empower us to go forth as blessings to one another and to this world which you so love. Amen. Good afternoon, everyone. I am, uh, my name's Hank, I am uh, one of Tony's oldest friends. In fact, uh, there are photos, which I didn't bring, but photos of uh, my sister and Tony uh, as, as infants together. Our, our fathers work together, our families have, uh, have been very close over all the years. And that is why I believe Tony has asked me here to, um, to ask you all for something, which is something that's, it's a little strange what Tony has asked me to ask you to do. It's not what usually happens, but, um, but because I'm Tony's friend, <laughs> he, he wanted me to ask you for this. It is not, it's not usually what happens at, uh, at, at these, uh, events, um, but uh, uh, he wants me to ask all of you for something that, that I guess you need, or maybe somebody else. I don't know. Tony, what Tony has asked me to ask you all for, or not all of you, but someone here, is to give um, a kidney, is what um, Tony has What Tony has asked me, it's much, this is, that's much easier. Tony has asked me to ask you all for money. Money is much easier to give than a kidney. That is crazy. Okay, so, oh, and, and, okay, and we're, it's the normal thing, right? So 
what the money that I'm going to ask you for is to go to the Living Traditions Fund. The Living Traditions Fund is a fund that, is, that has been set up years ago to support Unitarian Universalist ministers, whether in training or in particular uh, ministries and, or particular moments in their lives when they need some extra financial support. It's easy to give money. Giving a kidney, giving other things is hard. But giving money is easy. So I, at this point, I'm going to ask the ushers uh, to come forward and take up this really easy uh, baskets and, uh, and, and take the money from these people. And, and these folks up here, too. Don't forget to uh, hand these folks some money, uh, the plates as well. We'll hang the plates. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. I'm saying it anyway. Anyway, the, uh, the offering will now be given and joyfully and easily received.
It's very appropriate to be using this particular scripture reading this afternoon because it's a mission statement found in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. It happens to be the mission statement of Jesus, but it seems appropriate as we install Tony as the settled pastor here at the Unitarian Parish. Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. May God bless our hearing and understanding of these words.
Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Wow, it is quite an honor to be standing up here right now. It is an honor to have received the invitation from Tony to offer a sermon on this day of installation. What an awesome moment for the Hopedale Unitarian Parish and the Reverend Tony Lorenzen. Can you say amen? Amen. What an awesome moment for Unitarian Universalism. What an awesome moment for shared missional ministry. Shared missional ministry. Turn to your neighbor and say shared missional ministry. Shared missional ministry. If you don't know what that means, you're going to know when I'm done talking. What an awesome moment as we come together, as we gather to celebrate the call to ministry this congregation has extended to Tony, as we gather to celebrate and practice our Unitarian, our Universalist, our Unitarian Universalist, our Congregational, our Free Church, our Liberal Religious Heritage, and as we gather to look forward to what we fully expect and know and trust will be an authentic, heartfelt, joy-filled, meaningful, thoughtful, safe, caring, challenging, prophetic, liberating, deeply spiritual, and highly effective (laughs) shared missional ministry here in Hopedale in the coming years. So first, when I say shared ministry, when I make references to shared, I'm speaking of the practical heart of our faith today. Congregations and ministers share ministry. Tony has his own unique call to ministry In response to it, the members of the Hopedale Unitarian Parish have called him to serve as their minister, but each of you also has your own unique call to ministry, and as a congregation, you have a collective call to ministry. So minister and congregation, your task in the coming years is to blend your callings. Your task in the coming years is to share ministry. And what will give that sharing its focus. If you have not already, I invite you to try on the word missional. Just show of hands. Who's heard, has Tony said that word yet? <laughs> now, so some of you know. I know the search committee knows. How about back here? Back here. You still have to listen, though. You still have to listen. So when I use the word missional in reference to ministry, I mean very simply a ministry that joyfully, creatively, doggedly, and unapologetically serves the wider community. This may sound fairly obvious and non-controversial, but in my experience, it is not obvious at all, and it is often controversial, and for many, it is counterintuitive. Some of us, myself included, become deeply, deeply, deeply involved in the congregational life, that is the life of the congregation, the life that happens within our four walls, or the four walls of the building. When a sanctuary is as beautiful as this one, I think it is very tempting to become focused on the internal life of the congregation. I know I would. 
It is very tempting to imagine the ministry happening here. And in an age of declining congregational participation, in an age of declining congregational revenues, it becomes even more tempting to invest more and more energy and resources right here, right in this beautiful place. After all, in times like these, in our era, it can often feel like the survival of the church is at stake. We love our churches. We want them to survive. We feel urgency around this. But missional ministry is much less concerned with improving the church and its programs and is much more concerned, much more, with, with equipping its people to pursue a mission that serves and improves the larger community. Keep in mind, survival isn't a mission. Service is a mission. Tony once quoted our colleague, the Reverend David Owen O'Quill, who explained the missional life by asking, For whom does your heart break? For whom does your heart break? And when you have an answer, go serve them. Transform their lives, and your life will be transformed in the process. Today, you, the members and friends of the Hopedale Unitarian Parish, and Reverend Tony are just beginning to discern discern together for whom your collective heart breaks. You're still at the beginning stages of that. You see glimmers of it in the Red Wagon Collection, which I know has been going on for many years. You see glimmers of it in Operation Turkey Sandwich, in Laundry Love, in the Community Meal, in your Green Sanctuary work, in your Welcoming Congregation work, meaningful ministry, all of it but still just glimmers of the truly transformative and life-saving ministry this congregation and Reverend Tony Lorenzen can achieve together. You know what your greatest risk is right now? The greatest risk you face lies in underestimating the power of a highly motivated and talented minister sharing missional ministry with an empowered and visionary congregation. That's the biggest risk that you will underestimate what's possible. So I challenge you to overestimate. You have nothing to lose, and I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can overestimate what's possible. Do you guys think you can overestimate what is possible? Amen. Nope. So a little background. I've known Tony for over a decade. We were members of the Greenfield Group, a UU clergy study group. We meet twice a year. We call the meeting a convocation. If you ever hear that word convocation, just know that's a big seminary word for meeting. (laughs) One year, uh, an early year in my relationship with Tony, he led a convocation on social media and ministry. And one of the assignments was for all of us to start a Facebook page. I knew what Facebook was, sort of. I had no intention of starting a Facebook page. It seemed like the most highly intrusive and distracting thing that I could possibly do. But Tony assigned it, so I did it. Who else was there? Wintle was there. Susan was there, yeah. You guys did it. Now, seriously, the whole concept of a Facebook page sounded ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. But we did it. Tony also encouraged the more adventurous among us to start blogging. 
I had at the time no intention to ever start a blog. I wasn't as opposed to that as Facebook. But Tony assigned it, so I did it. And the bottom line is Tony introduced me to social media, and it changed the way I do ministry. It transformed the way I do ministry, and I have never looked back, and I'm still deeply grateful to Tony for that. I'm sure I would have gotten a Facebook page eventually. I'm sure I would have started blogging eventually. Tony happens to be the person who got me started. He is what is known as an early adopter. We have to offer prayers for all the early adopters. Any early adopters in the house? Got a couple head nods. Tony is an early adopter. I want you to keep that in mind as you move forth from this day because you will occasionally find Tony way out ahead of you. You may have already found Tony way out ahead of you on certain things. You may even feel that he has lost his mind. (laughs) Even if it is unsettling. Even if it is unsettling, I, I counsel you to learn to love that feeling. I feel unsettled. Oh, that preacher said I should love that feeling. So you try to love that feeling. Because it means Tony has adopted the next critical thing in ministry. Trust that he knows what he's doing. Trust his instincts. Trust his playfulness, his sense of adventure. Complete his assignments. (laughs) He might change the way you do ministry. And it will be worth it. Now, Tony and I also have a mutual affection for the 1999 Wachowski Brothers film, The Matrix. Show of hands. Who's familiar with The Matrix? So a good number of you. Show of hands. The Matrix. So for those of you who are not familiar, it's a, it's a movie in which human beings live in a computer simulation designed to mask the truth that they are enslaved by machines. They are actually, their bodies are the power sources, the batteries for the machines. And waking up to this reality, crossing the threshold from the simulated world to the real world of enslavement requires swallowing the red pill. The red pill. If you take the blue pill, you stay in the simulation, you live a false life, you forget you ever had the chance to encounter reality. If you take the red pill, you will wake up. It's not pleasant. Waking up is not pleasant, but at least you are free. I don't always recommend this movie. Sometimes I find it hard to watch because the cell phones are so big. (laughs) No, actually, I do recommend the movie. I recommend it with the caveat. It's a very violent movie. Even by today's standards, it's a very violent movie. So Tony, some of you, you actually... I bet none of you know this. Tony is a founder of the Red Pill Brethren. Did you know that? Tony is a founder of the Red Pill Brethren, a collective of Unitarian Universalist ministers dedicated to missional ministry. They offered a serious critique of Unitarian Universalism and an invitation. Take the Red Pill. Wake up. Don't remain stuck in that false world of the perennial church dilemma We can't pay the bills because we need more members, so let's focus all our energy and resources on attracting more members. Does that sound at all familiar? (laughs) Note, people visiting churches know when you're doing that. They do. When we believe we can't do anything else until we solve this dilemma, we fall asleep to our mission. 
If we're lucky, we become very good at gathering the people, and there's something to be said for gathering the people, but we forget how to send them forth. Let's wake up to the reality that missional ministry is a vibrant, joy-filled, transformative, meaningful ministry. Take the red pill, engage in ministry. The church won't survive. It will thrive. It will thrive. In the book of Luke, Jesus enters the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth to read from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. I think there's a little bit of Jeremiah in there too. Notice there's nothing in what Jesus read about needing more members, about cutting the staff to half time, about pledge drives, about paying the bills, about the music. It's a red pill sermon. It's a missional ministry moment. The Spirit of God is upon me because God has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of God's favor. It's clear in this, uh, what uh, Reverend Hubble called mission statement, Jesus' mission statement, it's clear for whom Jesus' heart breaks, it's clear for whom the prophet Isaiah's heart breaks. Of course, Jesus goes on, in that same passage, to essentially say to the congregation, you're not going to like this. You're not going to like this. And he makes some ancient Near Eastern references, which I'm never quite sure I understand, and the crowd becomes very angry, and guess what they do? They run him out of town. They run him out of town. And I wonder if the people of Nazareth were experiencing Jesus as an early adopter. (laughs) Or worse, an innovator. Early adopters and innovators are often ridiculed as overly enthusiastic, too out there, unrealistic, and threatening to the way we've always done things around here. And of course, early adopters uh, ridicule what we might call the traditionalists or the protectors of the status quo. At least that happens some of the time. They refer to them as static, stale, stultified, stuck in their ways. And you you will encounter this tension between early adopters and traditionalists as you discern the contours of your shared missional ministry. It's a good tension to have. It's normal. Keep this in mind. Any good idea that is new, any good idea that is new is inherently threatening to the way we've always done things. You can't escape that. You can't escape it. There is no movement into new ways of doing ministry without that threat emerging. But if we give in to the anxiety the threat generates, we'll resist innovation and we will slowly die. No matter how hard we work at saving the church, we will slowly die. Our survival actually depends on our ability to continually generate a rich, set of new ideas and to put the best ones into practice. Those of you who are traditionalists, I count you you to learn to love that feeling. Sometimes it's a vertigo feeling. Sometimes it's just unsettling. That feeling that rises in you when the early adopters start throwing ideas around. There's another one. They're just throwing them around. They're just trying to see what might work. Right? And Tony and all of the early adopters I counsel you to be mindful that as congregations change, there's always grief. There's always grief for old ways that are disappearing. Don't ignore the grief. Attend to it. 
honor it. If traditionalists can be willing to enter into the uncomfortable place of doing new things, and if early adopters can honor the grief that comes with change, you will blend your diverse callings into a focused, shared missional ministry that powerfully transforms your community, and again, the church will thrive. Now, I make it sound easy. It's not. The red pill doesn't come around very often. The blue pill is everywhere. Our sense of mission often weakens. Our sense of being called by a sustaining reality greater than ourselves weakens. Our confidence in our own power and agency, both as ourselves and as a congregation, weakens. We don't always have the patience to listen listen deeply to each other. We lose sight of the blessings in our lives. Our gratitude wanes. Our passions and ideals become lost in the stresses of our lives. We can begin to feel rootless, rudderless, anchorless, ungrounded. We move through our lives, including our congregational lives, reacting to events rather than creating them. We grow weary, even exhausted. It happens. It's normal in most human beings. It's normal in the life cycle of most congregations. We get used to how things are. We conduct our ministries by rote. Never mind that the world is changing all around us. We say we're comfortable with the status quo. We fall asleep. It's normal, but I also believe there are ways in which our postmodern, post-industrial, first world, hyper-capitalist, technological culture very intentionally seeks to put us to sleep. Our culture is complex, it is multifaceted, it is beautiful in many ways, it is creative, it is progressive, yet at the same time it harbors, affirms, sanctions, promotes and privileges forces that cut us off from our connections to God and to each other, forces that keep us from comprehending what actually sustains us, forces that separate us from the earth and that separate our minds from our bodies, from our spirits, forces that hide inconvenient truths, forces that lie brazenly to lead us into wars we never should have waged, forces that plant in our hearts reasons to be fearful rather than hopeful, reasons to hate rather than love, forces that maintain and build power and wealth for an increasingly small group of global elites at the expense of billions of our fellow human beings living in extreme poverty across the planet, Forces that give us the illusion of being connected to a global, to a uh, a global, I'm sorry, to a global web, but would actually clog our hearts and minds with trivia and biased ideological rants posing as journalism and then sell our search data to multinational corporations so they can advertise more things to us that we actually don't need. Forces that lull us into, at best, tolerating, and at worst, being completely oblivious to poverty, to abuses of undocumented people, to discrimination against Muslims, to discrimination against refugees, to mass incarceration of black and Hispanic men and women, to systemically generated violence against women in the home and in the public square, to the violence of homophobia and transphobia, to our fossil fuel addictions, to the full scope of the global warming crisis, to a still insufficient health care system in the still richest nation on earth, to a food production and distribution system that is slowly poisoning us, to a gun lobby that revels in its financial profits in the wake of mass 
shootings and refuses to compromise on even the most modest proposals to curtail violence. All of this, all of this is possible because we stay unaware, idle, distracted, disconnected, and asleep. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Friends, the purpose of the liberal church in this historical moment must be to wake us up to those elements of the culture that would prefer we sleep. The purpose of the liberal church in this historical moment is to resist all the ways those forces of division and oppression impact our lives and offer in their place a clear and unmistakable practice and a message of caring, community-building, justice-seeking, earth-stewardship grounded in an unwavering, hope-filled, spirit-centered, soul-stirring love. The purpose of the liberal church in this historical moment must be to reveal to us the contours of a larger, sustaining reality to help each of us, in response to that revelation, discern our deepest, most authentic calling, and then to equip us and send us wide awake into the world to serve. Wide awake into the world. Turn to your neighbor, say wide awake. Wide awake. Turn to your neighbor, say into the world. Into the world. Turn to your neighbor, say wide awake into the world. Wide awake into the world. And I'll try this. I'm going into the world wide awake. I'm going I don't know if I like wide awake better or into the world better. <laughs> wide awake into the world. The purpose of the liberal church is to wake us up and send us into the world. This is why your shared missional ministry here in Hopedale matters. It matters immensely. It's your red pill in a sea of blue. It will keep you awake. Tony's call and your response to it, your call and his response to it, that dance, that dialogue, that listening, that interplay, that tension, that continual invitation to plunge into the mystery where we know what we're doing isn't working, but we're not sure what's coming, that ongoing deepening of trust and sustaining realities larger than you that fill you with gratitude and call you to give of yourself to a greater good, all of it will keep you awake. It matters that a resourceful and committed congregation has called a resourceful and committed minister to serve them. And this moment of installation matters immensely. This is a peak moment in the life of the Hopedale Unitarian Parish. It is a peak moment in the life of the Reverend Tony Lorenzen. It marks a new beginning, a new life, a new light, a birth, a first breath, a first cry. It's a wake-up moment in which something wonderful and new begins, begins today. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah? Can I hear it a little louder? Yes. Can I hear it a little louder back here? Yes. You are ready? Yes. One more time. Are you ready? Yes. We who believe in freedom cannot rest. Congratulations, First Unitarian Parish. Congratulations, Tony. May your shared missional ministry save lives. Save the church, save Hopedale and Milford, Menden and Uxbridge and all those other towns, save Massachusetts, save our nation, save the world. Amen Amen. and blessed be.
We gather this afternoon to install the Reverend Anthony Frederick Lorenzen as the 16th settled minister of Hopedale Unitarian Parish. And in a spirit of shared ministry, we rededicate ourselves to the values and mission of this church and the Unitarian Universalist tradition of which it is a part. Reverend Tony, after three long years of an intensive and exhaustive search process, we have called you as our minister. We have called you to live among us, share our concerns and ministry, guiding us in our journey toward greater understanding, compassion, and service as we seek to create the world we dream about. Mindful of the great traditions and heritage of Unitarian Universalism and this church, we look to you for moral and ethical leadership, religious insight, and spiritual guidance. We encourage and desire that you speak and teach the truth as you understand it, in freedom and without fear of favor of persons or position. We desire that you minister to us in joys and our sorrows, and we set forth by your example no less than your teaching and preaching the liberal religious uh, way of life. And I should add that we're very excited and happy to have you. <laughs> do you accept the invitation of this church to its ministry? I do. In formal recognition of our call and election of Anthony F. Lorenzen to our ministry and his acceptance, I invite the members of the congregation to rise in body and spirit as they are able and join with me in saying, we, the members of the Hopedale Unitarian Parish, do hereby install you, Anthony F. Lorenzen, as the minister of our church. We covenant to work with you in a shared ministry we offer you a free pulpit, the cooperation of our hearts, hands, and our resolute goodwill as you take up your work among us. I enter into our covenant of shared ministry and take up the pastoral role to which you have entrusted me with profound joy and a deep sense of responsibility. I promise to keep the pulpit free and speak the truth in love in private and in public. I promise to attend to all my duties and responsibilities in such a manner as to promote renewal of this church and our community in the ways of love, joy, kindness, compassion, understanding, courage, justice, and peace. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. And Hopedale. I, I felt very removed back there. The origins of the laying on of hands to confer blessing or religious authority comes from the Hebrew and Christian scriptures. It is used in many different religious ceremonies and ordination and in installation, sometimes in baptisms and confirmations and blessing ceremonies of lay religious leaders as well. 
And although we talk about it less, the laying on of hands is also used for healing purposes. Laying on of hands has been performed by kings in England and France in a practice called the royal touch in an attempt to cure skin diseases and in religious ceremonies to cure illnesses such as brain damage and diabetes and cancer. It has been criticized widely in scientific circles and when it has been occasionally credited by practitioners with curing disease, it has also been widely dismissed in the medical community as placebo or spontaneous remission. When we lay on hands and installations and ordinations, of course we do so to confer religious authority. But I want to confer religious healing today as well with this ritual. Touch cures dis-ease. Our very skin calls out for a blessing. Our hands connect us in a way that is intimate and curative. And if you're going to go out and love the world, you're going to have to use your hands. This is a new ministry, and all new ministry deserves to begin with generative healing, don't you think? One that helps to heal the wounds of the past and that makes room for new growth in the present. Our bodies are meant to bless and be a blessing. So today we confer both blessing and healing to this minister and congregation too with a laying on of our hands. I'm going to invite first Tony's colleagues to come forward. So please won't you come forward and lay your hands on Tony. Once the colleagues have come forward, I'm going to invite all of you to just place a hand on the person closest to you, and those hands will all link to Tony. Come forward. Don't be shy, everyone. You can come on up. And just touch somebody with your hands, with a hand or two. Touch the choir. You can touch the choir. Come and touch the choir. All right, is everybody connected to somebody? Please won't you pray with me. God of many names gathered into one, in perfect assurance of your presence here, we pray your fulfillment of these blessings upon this minister who has been called from among these people to assume the office of pastor, preacher, prophet, and servant. God, may you be the one who Tony chooses to walk with in all his ways. May you be the deep well Tony returns to again and again. We pray this so that Tony may minister well with you as his guide. May Tony minister with authenticity. May he use the depth of his experience, suffering, and joy in service to the people he serves. 
May he remember to use himself as an instrument, knowing that the ministry is not about him. May he admit his many mistakes and use them as an example of humanity's perfect imperfection. And God, may this congregation minister with authenticity too. May they remember that they are not an end unto themselves, but a beacon of hope in the world for those who need their good news. May they use themselves as an airport that allows the mission to take off in flight to the forgotten corners of the empire, which are as close as our breathing. May all of you minister with compassion and humility. May you continue to incarnate your love and your ministry with your imperfect people, especially at their most unlovable. May you remember that your deepest calling is not pleasing people, but serving them. That your role is not making people happy, but helping them come closer to the heart of God. Dear God, help Tony and this congregation in Hopedale minister with vision. Help this congregation remember that their job is to help make earth as it is in heaven. May this congregation be a training ground of saints who will help to usher in the beloved community here on this earth because that is the task before us. Help them to remember that they need not do this work alone. Dear God, no one is alone, not even the senior and sole minister of a congregation, and so may Tony remember his colleagues, his family, and friends who are here as a help and a hope. And when all else is lost, that you are his rock and his redeemer, O God. When he despairs, you are his hope. When the task seems too large and insurmountable, you remind him that he is only a piece of eternity. Holy One, ground of our being, bring Tony joy in his ministry as he has brought joy to so many of us. Remind him to nourish his own spirit and his relationships beyond the world of the church. Remind him to reach out to you, O God, in reflection and in prayer, not just as a minister, but also as a man, with joys and sorrows like any other. And let the blessing of our hands on this day remain imprinted in Tony's heart for all his days to come, so that even in times of pain and suffering, he carries the warmth and comfort of our prayers, our love and our deep respect, and our complete and utter belief in the rightness of this call. We pray all this for love's sake. Amen. Amen. Kind of good to be back in this space. <laughs> kind of good to be up here in this space. Um, I stood up for my colleagues. I stood up because I am. I actually never took myself off the books, uh, so I am still a member of this church, and we're breaking all kinds of collegial things, I'm sure. But um, I think Tony 
asked Anne and uh, me to do the charge to the congregation because we both uh, have been members of this congregation. It's what brought us back to church after a lot of years of not being in church. Um, so we've known people in this congregation. I look out, I see faces. I remember, I look out, I see spaces where there aren't faces anymore in physical bodies, but where they're still there. All these incredible people that uh, we have known for 20, over 20 years. And now that I've gotten my feet a little bit wet with ministry, and uh, Anne has done the same thing in her work with the um, Partner Church Council. She's been on the board and helping them to get their new executive director. Um, we've sort of had a glimpse of what this call to ministry thing is from both sides of the pews, so to speak. And before we offer our charge to the congregation, I thought I would share something with you written by a colleague of Tony and Tim's, Sean Wilcher from Orange County Unitarian Universalist. And he talks about, she, excuse me, she talks about what makes the perfect Unitarian Universalist minister. And I'm sure that you'll hear a lot of Tony in all of this. The perfect ministers are 26 years old, but draw upon 40 years of ministerial experience. Each sermon is thoroughly researched, intellectually challenging, deeply practical, and leaves you in tears, and is only 15 minutes long. Perfect ministers condemn injustice, but never hurt anyone's feelings. They are a humanistic theist, with Buddhist and pagan influences most of the week, reverting to Christian and Hindu practices on weekends. They'll meet with committees, congregants, and community leaders on any day of the week, morning, noon, and evening. They have excellent boundaries and are always nurturing their own self-care. They make about 15 pastoral calls every day, spend their spare time recruiting new members, and are always in the office when you want to connect to them. Finally, they are strong leaders who follow everyone else's advice. <laughs> so this is, a, this is a cute little way of looking at the assumptions and the expectations that we often have of our ministers. And I don't know, I know there's some Anne Lamott fans out here, but Anne Lamott has said that expectations are resentments under construction. Res Expectations and assumptions, we make a lot of them. So as you begin this new leg of your journey um, as, at the Hopedale Unitarian Parish with your new minister, Reverend Tony, I urge you to be mindful of your expectations and your assumptions. Keep your focus not on what you assume, but on what you know. And what you know is that you have chosen really, really well, number one. Reverend Tony's a practice dedicated minister, and I don't know, I hope you all know he's also a spiritual director, and he's going to serve you well, and you can trust that. As Josh, Reverend Josh Pollack said, trust him. Trust his discernment. Trust his experience. Even when at times he's offering the, you know, the wrong pill, or even when he's taking you out into one of those places where you think he's lost his mind, as, as you heard earlier, you'll see that, but trust him then. Trust him. You've called him to be your minister. Trust him. Second, remember that he serves you and he is going to serve you very, very well. But he also serves 
something larger than this congregation, which is the Unitarian Universalist associations, what we believe, his own sense of what is ethical, moral, true. And he has to keep serving that if he's going to be good at serving you. So keep that in mind as you watch him go from day to day. Partner with him. Learn from him. I have. I've learned a lot. And then Josh Pollack said almost everything we were going to say after this point about shared ministry, so I'm not going to talk about that because you've heard it, and he's right. He did it much better. But I will say something else. We, talk, we had some great music this, this, in church this morning in town, and I talked, about, I talked a little bit about um, where music is. And I urge you to keep your focus on the space in between. You know, Miles Davis said, it's not, music's not the notes you play, it's the ones you don't play. Music is in the space between the notes. So is everything you do in going out and helping to heal the world. Get out of this building, get out of this town, go and find people that break your heart, and then try and focus not on who they are and who you are, but the space between. Get into that space, because that's the space where transformation can happen. That's the space. That's where the music is. Find the music. I preached my first sermon about that window. I um, didn't identify with the central character. I mean, I do. I, I like the window. I identified with the sheep, and I remember talking about it. If you, you can't see it maybe from way back there, but... Every one of those sheep has this incredibly unique expression and look um, on the world. One of them is wise, one of them is a little scared, one's a little cynical. And all of those sheep are connected in the space between them and that central figure. Now, Tony is not Jesus. You know that, right? You do know that. I mean, he's good. But, but the, the space between all of these things is where you're going to find your ministry working. So finally, we charge you, the congregation, to remember that our faith is based on covenant, not doctrine. We freely covenant to walk together in the spirit of love, in spite of our differences. You know that. In your calling, Reverend Tony, you've entered into that covenant with him as your minister. And when there are differences of opinions, disagreements about ways of doing things, misunderstandings, and maybe even some hurt feelings, remember that covenant to walk together in the spirit of love in spite of our differences, to be open, to be honest, and clear about your differences and disagreements. Resist making assumptions. Listen. Ask questions. Listen. Speak your truth. Listen. Take responsibility for your opinions and feelings and share them in the spirit of love and cooperation. Don't be afraid of your conflicts. Learn from them. Grow from them. You know how to do that. So we're back to the beginning. Reasonable expectations, no assumptions. Stick to what you know. You have entered into a covenant with Reverend Tony to walk together in love and trust. The ministry of this church is a shared ministry.
between Reverend Tony and every one of you. And as a Unitarian Universalist congregation, you are part of a larger faith and a ministry of this church serves something greater than itself. Love, Love is, is the, the spirit, spirit of this, of this church. church and service, service is, is its law. law. This, this is, is our, our great covenant, covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to, and to help, help one, another. one another. Reverend Anthony Frederick Lorenzen, my red pill brother, Thank you for allowing me to give you the charge to the minister. Now, I understand that it's often traditional to, at this time, to talk about things like self-care and having a good work-life balance, but I'm going to charge you with something you may actually do. <laughs> First of all, go all in. Because that's what missional ministry is about. It's about not leaving anything on the table, going in with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, which does not mean doing all the work yourself. That's not our job, right? That's what the Bible says. Our job is to equip the saints. They're the saints, not they're the saints. To equip the saints to do the ministry of the church. But when you go all in, you are modeling that our shared ministry is being missionaries out in the world at all times and in all ways. And yes, ministry is making those turkey sandwiches and making sure that people have a meal every night of the week. But it's also your congregant who is out there coaching his daughter's little league team and the person who spends an interminable 15 minutes talking to their old, lonely neighbor. This is living our ministry. Go all in. Number two, you're a Texan. Well, you got a little Texan in you. And that's a good thing. Because every... Texas liberal has mastered the art of being able to fight against insurmountable odds, <laughs> knowing it is all against you, and yet you keep getting up every morning fighting, and you have fun doing it. As St. Molly Ivins, may she rest in peace, said, keep fighting for freedom and justice, beloveds, but don't you forget to have fun doing it. Lord, let your laughter ring forth. And when you do this, when you make sure that fun is a priority, not only is that feeding you, that is serving as a beacon to everyone who would join the mission of this church because they see that you are having so much fun doing this great work. Lastly, Love the hell out of this world. You, that has already been a mission of your life. 
And this is a tradition that has been handed down to us. Our universalist forebears understood that when one person is in hell, there can be no heaven. If one person, just one person is in hell, we are all in hell. And that is why we work toward our collective liberation. And Tony, you, you are of this world. And so while you are loving the hell out of this world, you got to let this world love the hell out of you. We all have our hells including you, and you understand that your parish extends far beyond these walls. And when the guy at the diner says, you know, Pastor Tony, you're looking a little tired, pay attention. One of your congregants fusses at you for answering an email on your day off, pay attention. When one of your congregants says, so, you, you haven't taken off any time. Do you have some vacation coming? Pay attention. Because they are reflecting love back onto you. You have to let this world love the hell out of you. So, your charge, go all in, have fun doing it, Love the hell out of this world. A, F, L, Anthony Frederick Lorenzen, you are so charged. All right, it's a good thing you stayed where you are, Tony. He's been well trained. Now, I actually have, if you look in the hour of service, you'll notice we are almost done, which is so exciting. <laughs> right? We had the sermon, and then we had the handsy part, and then there were two charges. And now you're looking at this thing, you're like, oh my God, there's another handsy part. <laughs> what are we going to do? It is actually the simplest part of this service, excluding the collection, Hank. But <laughs> perhaps it might give you a hint, this might take... A little bit of time. But essentially what it is, is I extend my hand on behalf of the Unitarian Universalist colleagues and the Church Universal to welcome you back. Oh, but I'm not done. <laughs> to welcome you back here to New England, which is colder than Texas. <laughs> but I do have a condition. I actually have one condition, and there are two reasons. And I'm going to start with some backstory to this. You see, folks, Tony and I are what you would call drinking buddies. Okay, now we only go to the classiest establishments. You don't have to worry. Sometimes we go, we watch the Super Bowl with Hank at the house with the kids. It's all good, very tame minister stuff. But, you see, when you're someone's drinking buddy, and I bet you are... That means that you spend a lot of time moving furniture from moving trucks into apartments and back into moving trucks. And Tony, I'm getting old. My back is not what it used to be. And Hank's back is even older than mine. 
And that's one reason for the condition that I'm going to put upon you. Um, the other is that um, I have now served my church for 13 years, and I've been in relationship with them for slightly longer. My call was last week. Not, well, last week, 14 years ago, but whatever. It's been a while. And I have to say that there is great value in staying in one place. It is a blessing to you as a person and to the people that you work with because you go through life with them. And so my condition, or not full condition, but let's just say my strong suggestion before I welcome you back to the area is that you stay here for a long time. So may you serve long and prosper. Welcome back. So I just wanted to say welcome. We're very, very happy to have Tony here with us. Um, And I also wanted to say thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for getting me to think outside of the box um, on our journey here together. I'm looking forward to many, many more years working with Tony as we continue to swallow whatever color pill we're supposed to swallow and all that kind of good stuff. And thanks to Ben, we are now officially Wonder Twins, so we're super awesome that way. But most of all, I wanted to say thank you for keeping your campaign promises. It means a lot. You did a great job. You can hear me, right? All right. Uh, Tony, you need to come up here for this. Make Tony hold the mic. Um, Welcome. It's been such a joy to work with you, and we've had many staff meetings, so it's some of the honeymoon has worn off a little bit. But um, I want to speak for some of the staff that couldn't be here today, so that if if we're not around and you need us, you have the tools to forge ahead anyway. All right, this is from Al, our custodian. This is a notepad and a pencil from Val, our administrator. It says, dream big. And these are Bible stories, in case Kelly isn't available to give you ideas. <laughs> and they're all in um, transformative phases, those guys, which is the theme for the month. And this is from me. Um, that, see, that's going to be a photo of staff. <laughs> didn't have a chance, so I did stick figures. And uh, there's a, a treble clef, so when I'm not around, you can think of me or something. <laughs> Hello. I'm Kate Connors. Um, I'm a teacher at Hopedale High School. And I first met Tony while working along with other members of the high school staff and ministers here in town on the Martin Luther King Day um, celebration and the Power of One Award nominations. Um, I was very happy to meet this new minister. And um, sure enough, at that first meeting, found Tony to be very full of enthusiasm. He immediately proposed taking the day in a new direction, which I'm realizing now is his mode. (laughs) Um, 
It was his suggestion that we add a service component in alignment with similar MLK efforts all over the country for that day, and we did do so. Um, Tony saw the value in making that day a more hands-on experience for our young people and for trying to connect with other communities nearby. Um, And I now realize that connects very greatly to your mission here as a congregation. I also noticed that Tony's email messages um, end with a quotation that I liked very much and made me curious about meeting him. Um, You've probably seen it. It says, love is the question and the answer. And it struck me that teaching and ministry have a lot in common and that they are careers rooted in love and hope and with a dedication to improving the future. Um, So on behalf of the school community, uh, community, I'm honored to welcome Tony to Hopedale. Uh, Tony, may you be blessed in all your endeavors. May you be animated by the spirit of loving service that I've already seen is the hallmark of your efforts so far. We are very fortunate to have you here in Hopedale, and I am very happy to know you. Best to you. I'm, uh, for those that don't know me, I'm Mac Murray. I'm the uh, rector at Trinity Church in Milford. And on behalf of Trinity and all of the churches and congregations in Milford and the Milford area and the Milford Area Humanitarian Coalition, we welcome Tony and the participation of your entire congregation in our mutual ministry. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have... Uh, from the day Tony walked into the first mutual uh, ministry meeting that we had with the Milford Area Humanitarian Coalition and said, well, Joanna had a little prayer that she said before we came into this room. Uh, And and I'm not going to share that. But I I found kind of a euphemism for the one that I was going to say. This is kind of the English, English language colloquial expression interpretation, which basically means that we should... Follow our stated intentions with action. You can figure out what that really means. Uh, Follow our stated intentions with action. Tony, when he showed up, he said, we really need to follow our stated intentions with action uh, and and move ahead. And we fed 2,200 kids last summer. And this summer, we're going to feed over 20,000. 20,000 kids. And that's a lot of comes from the commitment and the support of you and this community. And that's a, a point for our mutual ministry. There's lots of volunteer opportunities this coming summer. But we also were extending the community meal programs. Thanks to your participation, the participation of Sacred Heart and of the the Union Church, wherever Sarah went, uh, and the participation of all the churches in Hopedale. And it's your vision. You're saying, we're going to get out there and do this. And then, those beautiful yellow shirts that show up at, at, at Laundry Love, at the, two, at the two Laundry Loves we do every month, and the participation again in this congregation. So we give thanks for your ministry and for the mutual ministry of this community and welcome you on behalf of all of us to this fellowship. Thank you.
Knowing how quickly the flame of truth may be extinguished, how easily the chalice of fellowship broken, let us be vigilant in faith, keep peace in our hearts, and make care for one another, the watchword of our lives together. So our light goes out everywhere into the world. stand for the benediction. My friends, I am incredibly grateful to all of you. I am feeling very humbled and very happy, and I ask God to bless you and watch over each of you as you go forth from this place to transform the world in your lives. Our celebration here is ending, but our celebration will continue in the parish hall. Go in peace, holy ones. Thank you.